Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are in the midst of a study on the life of the Lord Jesus. Uh, We could call it the life of Christ. So many do. And we're in the earlier part of the ministry of the Lord Jesus. I would say within the first year, and we're still uh, speaking of his great Galilean ministry. And we followed along with the four records that we have of the life of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we have seen that the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ is growing, it's moving, uh, his fame is spreading. And we're going to see today how that along with doing great things for God, there's always going to be a pushback. There's always going to be persecutions. I want to go ahead and uh, before we pray, I want to read a portion of scripture. Uh, And this scripture is found in Mark chapter 10, verses 29 and verse 30. Notice, and Jesus said, truly, I say to you, there is no one. Notice that there is no one who has left or forsaken house or brothers or sisters or mothers or or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake, but that he shall receive a hundred times as much now in this present age. So what we forsake for the gospel, God will overabundantly Uh, return and reward us for that. And then, of course, Jesus uses the same terminology. He says that we shall receive a hundred times as much now in this present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mother, mothers and children and farms. But now he says this, along with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. And so Jesus is speaking here and saying, No matter what you and I do for the Lord, we do it for righteousness. We do it for the word's sake. Actually, we're doing it for the Lord Jesus sake, that because of what we do is right before God and because it separates us from the things of the world, we're going to have to face persecution for it. We're going to be called names. We're going to try to be uh, diminished. Uh, disenfranchised. I think that's a popular word today. Uh, But we know this, that we are and want to be and desire to be the friends of God. And the Apostle John said this. uh, He said, love not the world, neither the things in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So we're not seeking and trying to curry favor with the world. Uh, We want to... um, be and do things that are pleasing in God's sight. We want to love not the world, but we are to love Jesus. Amen. And we'll have to suffer because of that. And so with that in mind, it becomes so, so very important for us. Amen. And for our witness, our witness is so important uh, in this world When we testify of the Lord Jesus. Now, before we get into uh, the reading of the word, let's just go ahead and pray and then we'll begin. So, Heavenly Father, we're so thankful today that we have the opportunity uh, to lift up the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, uh, we love you with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength. Lord, you're everything to us. And without you, we are nothing. And so, Lord, we just ask the Holy Spirit to come to anoint uh, the words Anoint this time of study. 
make it bear much fruit, Father, to the glory of God. And we thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. So we'll be in John chapter five. We'll beginning and uh, we'll be beginning in verse 10. And notice now, let's set this passage up. Now, Jesus has just healed the man at the pool of Bethesda. And now because of that, he's going to have to defend his actions against the Pharisees. Now, isn't that strange how that somebody that works a miracle has to defend himself because of what he did? And of course, Jesus is going to say, you know, you're persecuting me. You're condemning me. uh, You're requiring me. uh, And I'm having to defend myself. But it's not me that did it. It's my heavenly father. And so we're going to find out that this does not go over very well with the Pharisees. So we'll begin in John chapter five, verse 10. Uh, the Jews, therefore, said unto him that was cured to the to the man that was healed at the pool of Bethesda. It's the Sabbath day and it's not lawful for you to carry your bed. And the man answered them. He said, the one that healed me, the one that made me whole, the same said to me, take up my bed and walk. And so they asked him. Who is this man that said to you, take up your bed and walk? And he that was healed didn't know who it was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Amen. And afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon thee. So we see here in this verse 14 that uh, Most of the reason why sickness and disease afflicts mankind is because of sin. Now, personal sin, yes, but sin that's in the world. Uh, God judges sin, but he will forever put away sin in the end. Amen. And so while uh, sin is in the world, uh, men are still fallen creatures. They're still imperfect. This world is imperfect. Things are not always going to work out perfectly, although they do many times. God, God does amazing things. But uh, the end is not here yet. Amen. We're approaching the end. We're approaching the last day. And if you and I are believers in Christ Jesus and we're walking by faith and not by sight, then we're looking forward to that day where the curse will be removed. And I say praise God for it. I verse 10, verse 15 says the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus. He went and told the Pharisees uh, who the man was that had him healed. And uh, and so uh, here we go now. And therefore, now look at this verse, uh, verse 16. Notice this. And therefore, did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day? He broke. Their law. Now, he did not break break God's law. He broke their law. Amen. And so here's a man of 38 years that was lame. Religion couldn't heal him. Religion had given up on on this man. But Jesus did. Jesus did in a few moments of time what religion and what the Pharisees could not do for the entire 38 years that this man was lame in his feet. And because of that, and because Jesus had the audacity, (laughs) because Jesus had the audacity to heal this man on the Sabbath day, they wanted to kill him. And so this is so very, very important for us to see. 
And what we're going to see here in the verses that follow is how important our witness is. Now, we're going to find out Jesus is witnessing to these Pharisees having to defend himself. Amen. And he's talking to them about the witness of the father. Amen. And that's so important for us to know today, because whatever we're doing for God. Amen. Our witness should always be the fact that it's Jesus that told me to do this and I am obeying Jesus. Amen. And it really doesn't matter what man says, what he tries to do to discourage us or to persecute us or to try to get us. You know, we're, we're living in a time of of a pandemic and uh, we have authoritarian uh, state officials that uh, are really antichrist. They're against the things of God and they're trying to punish uh, the church by keeping the church locked down. At the same time, they're allowing protesters to get out on the streets and protest and and cause mayhem and violence, uh, which churches do not do. Uh, And and there are many churches and many pastors who are standing up. They are doing that because uh, they have a mandate to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Plus, we have the um, the Constitution that gives us the right to freely assemble and to worship God as we choose. And so I say praise God for these men uh, that are getting out and they are emboldening, being emboldened uh, to witness and to worship. And I say thank God for it. Now, many of them have been arrested. They've been uh, intimidated. Uh, they have been persecuted. Uh, they have been forced to close, but they don't remain closed. Uh, they're going to continue to worship out in the open. Uh, and that's their uh, godly right. And it's also their constitutional right uh, to do that. So anytime we do something for the Lord Jesus Christ, expect somebody to try to persecute us or to uh, try to slander us or uh, try to harm us in some other way. But uh, we have the witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So whatever we do in this life, we do it all to the glory of God. Amen. And now to this accusation. Now, notice what Jesus says here in verse 17. But Jesus answered them, my father works hitherto and I work. So immediately Jesus in his witness, amen, speaks of his relationship with the Father. Now listen to what John records in verse 18. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. So this is Jesus' own testimony of his deity and the fact that he shares an equality of eternity with God the Father, amen, and with the Holy Spirit, praise God. And so the Jews didn't accept that. They refused that. They rejected that because they had already rejected Jesus. They did not believe that he was the Messiah. And they rejected uh, Jesus' own witness that he is uh, the Son of God. Now, verse uh, 19 says this, and then answered Jesus and said to them, verily, verily, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. Notice the total dependency that Jesus has upon the father. Amen. And that speaks to us today of our total dependency upon 
our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Now, if we are following his plan and purpose for our life, then we have nothing to be ashamed of. Amen. Praise God. We can follow him and if follow him. We can be successful in this life. And of course, you know, people in the world, they're not going to they're not going to like it. Uh, they're going to try to push us back. They're going to try to keep us quiet. I remember weeks ago, I got into a, a debate online concerning uh, certain things uh, uh, that were going on in uh, in this country. And the uh, those that uh, were debating me online had totally different view than I did. And uh, of course, you know, my my main uh, point in the debate was that the things that are going on in this world is because of sin. The fact that we're all sinners and the fact that we need uh, to receive uh, through repentance of uh, the gift of Christ, which is salvation. Amen. And God takes us out of sin and closes us with his righteousness. Well, there was one fellow that that typed me back, uh, texted me back and tell, you know, and he said, don't don't quote scripture to me. Well, see, that's just the devil talking through him because that's the very thing that I'm going to uh, double up on. Because that's the sword that pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints of marrow. That's the thing that is going to that God is going to use to reach the heart of these sinners and con to convict them uh, of their sin. Amen. And so we must stand up for the word of God and the word of God must be uh, found in our testimony. We can't testify the things that we do. We testify of the things that God has enabled us to do through his power and through the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And I say amen to that. Praise God. So let's read verse 19 again. Then answered Jesus and said to them, Verily, verily, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do, those are the things he does. And the, the things that the father does, these also does the son likewise. So uh, what Jesus is saying, I'm just doing the will of the father. I see what the father does and I do it. Praise God. So we see the leadership power of God in uh, God, the father in God, the son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 20 Jesus goes on and he says this, for the father loves the son and shows him all things that himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the father raises up the dead and quickens them, even so the son quickens whom he will. So you see here once again, the equality of the son with the father. Only God can raise the dead. Jesus says, as the father raises the dead, I raise the dead and I quicken or make alive whomever I will. Praise God. So Jesus is the son of God. He is co-equal with the father and he is in perfect harmony with him. Amen. Praise God. And that is something that you and I need to make sure that we are, that we are in perfect harmony with God, the father and with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, how do I know that? Well, we do those things that are pleasing in his sight and we are in harmony with his word. Praise God. Amen. And we don't need to apologize for the word of God. And we don't need to apologize for the works that we do for Jesus. Praise God. And we certainly don't need to apologize uh, for the Lord Jesus. 
Amen. We need to be a witness of what God has done in our life. And we witness by the works that Jesus allows us to do through his power and through his mighty name. Amen. Now, verse 22 says this, for the father judges no man, but has committed all judgment to the son. Now, we're going to be talking about uh, Jesus as the one who has uh, been given, uh, committed to him uh, judgment that all men should honor the son, even as they honor the father. He that honors not the son honors not the father, which hath sent him. Now that is speaking directly to the Pharisees. And also it speaks to uh, the, those that are against the church today, those that are uh, have an antichrist spirit that seek to uh, oppose the church, uh, that seek to limit the church, uh, that actually seek to persecute the church. When, the, the, when these people persecute the church, they're actually persecuting Jesus. Do you remember when uh, on the road to Damascus, uh, the Lord appeared to uh, Saul of Tarsus and Saul fell to the ground and uh, Jesus spoke to him. I, and, and when Paul, uh, Saul rather, uh, asked him, Lord, who are you? And Jesus said this, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Well, Jesus had already died on the cross. He had already been raised. He had already ascended up on high. He was at the right hand of the throne of God. So who is Jesus? When Jesus said, I, I am, you know, I'm Jesus whom you persecuted. He was speaking of the children of God that Paul was seeking out, putting in the prison, uh, being an accessory to their being put to death. And so that speaks to us that uh, <clears throat> the sons of God are in union with the Son of God. Amen, praise God. And so when these people persecute the church and persecute believers, they're persecuting Jesus. Amen. And of course, you remember what Jesus said. He said, uh, you know, he, he said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Amen. So whatever judgment there is, we need to commit that into uh, the hands of our Lord and Savior. But, but notice again, verse 23, that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. Once again, Jesus is pointing to his equality with the Father. Amen. Verse 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hears my words and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. Jesus, the Lord Jesus has power on earth to forgive sin and to grant eternal life. He's the Lord, our Savior. Praise God. Amen. Now, notice I like this terminology in verse 24, and I use it this way. He that hears and believes has eternal life. He that hears and believes has eternal life. Now, that is, doesn't that make life simple? You hear the word with the intent to receive it. You believe it. In other words, you act upon the word preached. And Jesus says, if you do these things, then you have eternal life. In other words, uh, that faith that God deposits on the inside of us that enables us to believe the word of the gospel also has the power in it 
to bring us into everlasting life, to become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. So to believe in Christ is to believe in the Father. This is the idea that we're, we are talking about here in these verses. Jesus shares an equality with the Father. So if we believe in Jesus, we also believe in the Father. Why? Because they're one. But if men reject the Son, they also reject the Father also. And the reason being is, as we've said, stated earlier, there is no difference between the Father and the Son when it comes to their position within the Godhead. Amen. Praise God. So if somebody rejects Jesus, what they're doing is they're calling God a liar because they do not believe in God's record of his son. Amen. And I don't think anybody is going to get away with calling the father a liar. Now, verse 25 says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. Now, here we go into a deeper aspect of the judgment of God. Up to this point, <clears throat> Jesus was talking about uh, the judgment that has to do with eternal life. Amen. We have to accept the fact that, uh, that Jesus is exactly who he said he is, that he is in union with God the Father. And to reject Jesus is to reject the Father who is the one offering to us salvation through his Son. When we accept Jesus, then we also accept the will of the Father. And God grants us through faith, God grants us eternal life. And of course, Jesus once again said it this way. He that hears my word and believes on him that sent me, because that's really what Jesus, what his testimony is. His testimony is testimony of the Father. And if we believe that testimony, then we have eternal life. Amen. Praise God. And notice the promise, verse 24 again, and shall not come into condemnation, that's judgment, but is passed from death to life. If we do not know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord today, we are spiritually dead people. We may be walking around. We may be breathing. We may have a mind that thinks. We may have a mouth whereby we can speak. But spiritually, we are dead as a doornail. We are, we are without God godless, without hope hopeless, but through faith in Christ and the Father granting eternal life to us through our faith in the Lord Jesus, he passes us out of death into life. And that life is found in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so verse 25, once again, is speaking of a deeper aspect of judgment. Notice, once again, Jesus says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. For as the Father has life in himself, so has he given the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Now, that same authority... He's passed along to the church. It's the church, amen, that, uh, that holds through the teaching of the word of God, through doctrine, sins that will be forgiven and sins that will be retained, amen. And how it works is this. You have a, a man in the church that is in sin but refuses to repent. 
Well, as long as that man refuses to repent, the church will hold that man guilty of those sins. But now, as soon as that man realizes the state that he's in and he repents and asks for forgiveness, it is the church, amen, that has the authority to forgive that man. And that's very important, praise God. Very important for us to understand. That's why uh, much of the church today is in such a mess is because um, church leaders are refusing to hold people accountable for their sin. Uh, there was a young man was talking about, uh, you know, his uh, proclivities when it came to love life. And uh, uh, and he was uh, critical of the church that he goes to because uh, he was living in open sin. And his church leaders told him, well, you can't you cannot hold a department or any type of authority in this church because uh, you're in sin and you're going to have to repent. Well, uh, he got mad. And as far as I know, he wound up leaving that church. You see, people who refuse to repent, their sins are retained and they're going to carry their sins to judgment. Amen. And the scripture is quite clear on that. And so we need to be humble. And we need to always examine ourselves. And if we find that that we are in sin and we have done those things that are not pleasing to God, let's be quick to repent and let's be quick to forgive. So once again, Jesus says in verse 26, for as the father has life in himself, so has he given the son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. By the way, this is called the second death. The resurrection unto damnation in the book of Revelation is called the second death. Now notice verse 30. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. Notice that. I'm not, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. Notice the submission among equals. Jesus has stated that he's equal in stature to the Father, but yet notice his total dependence upon the Father. He is God the Father's ambassador in this earth. Guess what? You and I are the ambassadors of God in this earth. And Jesus Christ has been seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's waiting until his enemies be made his footstool. Amen. Praise God. So that's how important the mission of the church is in this world today, leading all the way up to the rapture. We are to we are to express, amen, the will of the Father and to glorify Jesus and to do those things that are pleasing in God's sight and to follow along and fulfill the ministry of the Lord Jesus in our lifetime. Praise God. Well, we'll have to stop right here, but we'll pick up again in the next session. God bless you and let's pray. Father, we bless you in the name of Jesus. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Cause the Word of God and the Holy Spirit that uh, empowers the Word of God 
to speak to our hearts and lives today. And we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.